0: songngwriteralitytest dot com or go to the link on the writingworship dot co website.
1: Welcome to the Writing Worship Podcast, a place for kingdom-minded songwriters to grow in their craft and community. This is a relevant topic because it happened again today
0: oh oh my gosh and bet- between
1: eric me and you this happens a lot <laughs> that someone will say that i sound like or look like paul Rudd.
0: oh, oh this I, is
1: oh. <laughs> listen i can't claim to look funny. like this is sexiest man alive you from look like either. two two years ago <laughs> mm-hmm. i can't claim that but let's this happened again today this is like the fifth time in the past year at least this has happened you also sound like a different actor. Oh. Rachel, do you know?
2: Who, oh, 1,000. are you pointing um, at me? Yes. This is Eric. I just thought this the other day. Arrested Development.
1: Jason Bateman. Thank you, yes. Jason Bateman. Yes. I mean,
2: not even a little.
1: Like, <laughs> like a lot. a lot. <laughs> but, but you're, you're different because you look more like Jason Bateman and sometimes sound like him.
0: Well, <laughs> I, I consider that a compliment. I think Jason Bateman is quite a handsome fella.
1: <laughs> great hair. <laughs> He's like, got great hair. I'm looking hair. at your hair right now and I'm like... <laughs> hair twins. <laughs>
0: Boy, yes. I didn't, but I don't think I'm quite. He's really sarcastic, like super. Am I uh, he... like that? Or is it more just my tone of my voice? You're
1: funny, but you only when you get in sarcasm mode in certain phrases, I think. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> sounded. But Chrissy posted the other day a picture of you, a uh, young Eric. Oh, yeah. And it was I was
0: like, whoa. One
2: thousand percent. looking in black
0: and white. The Provident Music Group. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. 1997, <laughs> baby. Ninety seven. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And a letter that you had written to uh we were going through our storage closet.
2: That was awesome. Which was okay. a bomb
0: shelter or basically, but there was no room for us in there because it was completely like you would have thought we were hoarders <laughs> with the way this But we were cleaning out our storage closet and we found all these goodies. Yes. This weekend. So that's Amazing. why you saw the letter that I wrote to Michelle Fink who's now Michelle Wright. Do you know this? Person? Oh, yeah. Michelle and I ended up working together. But no. in 1994, when I wrote the letter, I was a recent graduate. That okay. does age me. But I was a recent graduate of college. Okay. And I I wanted to work in the music industry. I wasn't that's even a Christian at the time. That's what said the other day. You were <laughs> I was hustling. I was yeah. working it. Yeah. My sales techniques.
1: It was, it's like sliding into... Her DMs. Basically. With a letter. A letter. <laughs> sliding <laughs> into, sliding mailbox.
0: into her, mailbox. <laughs> her mailbox, her physical mailbox.
1: Wait before, With, uh, yes. before we move on, I feel like, Rachel, is there someone that people say that you sound like or look oh, like?
2: Oh, unfortunately, not really. <laughs> no,
1: come
0: on. <laughs> no,
2: really? I'm serious. I don't think so. I mean, I, gosh, I'm trying to think. Nah, I mean, maybe here or there, and I couldn't even tell you. Now, I will say, and maybe it's because when you have a sibling, now I have, so I have a sibling that looks very much like a Kardashian. Uh And we are asked all the time if we are blood sisters, (laughs) like, are you guys like 100% related and nobody, like, I remember I had a worship team member years ago that came up to me. This was so awkward and was like, man, I did not know that was your sister. You'd posted this picture. I mean, no offense, but you guys look nothing alike i mean (laughs) she's like a model
0: (laughs) oh no
2: no no no. but but in the moment and then they backpedal so they're Mm -hmm. not trying to be rude or weird but it is funny we are so i mean she's darker than i am i'm very i get the european you're more (laughs) european and so it's just funny how different we look but i mean exact same like parents I, we're 19 months apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. I will, I'll show you a picture afterwards. Very. No, much I've like, seen,
1: you post this the other day. Oh, I think She's so, like yes. a makeup artist or she something.
2: She is. She does country music here in town. She does makeup.
1: Here's something that we can, we're all very excited about.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And the first time that you're hearing about it on the podcast, yes. although if you subscribe to email or look at socials, you've seen it by now, we're hosting our first ever live recording and writing camp. Boom. Woohoo. May
0: 4th and 5th. Wow. So Let's hear it.
1: Oop. Oh wow. Oh wow! You have sound effects over here. We didn't notice. This. this changes
3: the game.
0: It is. You have
1: sound effects?
0: I do, yeah.
2: Because,
1: <laughs> oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> Sorry. This
1: changes I couldn't, everything. I mean, I, my hands myself. I, I, you can't see me, of course, people yep. listening. My hands are right next to the sound yeah, effects. Yeah, this you is know, dangerous. It's dangerous. This
2: is. Good. This,
0: is, this, is right.
1: good. <laughs> no. this is not is I don't know which one they are, though, no. and I would just jack it up. Right. So. God, it's, it's, so
0: funny. it's okay. Boy, it's okay. I just awesome. I couldn't help but give a cheer for that. We've done yes.
1: five or six of these. I know. And you've never shown us that.
0: Well, it's something
2: about this.
0: You it's have time. to earn it. You have it's to earn it. it.
2: Okay. Earn, the, earn the love. So that's like where
1: Sorry. the preacher asks, like come, on, hear, like, come on, I can't hear. That was a good word. Like, well, if it was a good word, we would have been clapping. Absolutely. <laughs> like, right. it. Come right. on. You I should it. put an
0: amen on this. Like every you time should, you yeah, preach you it, that's I'm going right. to put an amen.
2: That's right. Like a Stephen Furtick, like, yeah. real hyped,
1: love real that. aggressive. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. I love it. <laughs> so love live recording, riding camp. Yes. Happening May 4th and 5th in Franklin. For those that were at our conference, we're doing it at the same location at 4th Avenue Church of Christ, which everybody loves. So mm-hmm. good. so it's good. It's like downtown Franklin is your campus. And oh, dude. all of the songs are coming from the writing worship community, the writing club and our writing retreats. Nice. All of the singers are coming from the writing worship family.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Nick, I'm blown away. What? This is what Chrissy was talking about when she was telling you about the energy that Nick and I oh, come with.
2: Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Because
0: <laughs> we, I do feed off of his energy. Just yeah. hearing him talk about it. There's vibes. He gets super excited. I get just as excited. I 1, mean, it's, it's 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 why we I mean, I realized that Nick was just the perfect guy to come in and be director yes. of writing. work. She
2: said you have a marketing son. Mm-hmm. No, yeah.
0: No, yeah. My, <laughs> son. my younger brother.
2: Right. you sorry. Maybe it was younger brother. I thought you said. That. We were all Nephew. laughing. At Nephew. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nephew.
0: Cousin. Second cousin <laughs> twice yeah. removed yeah. or whatever. Yes. Yeah. No, but this is exciting for the writing worship community wow, to have this yeah. another it's so event. A write, it's going to be both writing and recording during yes. that event.
1: Wow. Yeah. Here's the really exciting part. Uh, to my knowledge, no one's ever done this. Okay. But I've seen, you know, different iterations, been to a lot of writing camps and all this. What we're going to try to do, and it's a grand experiment in many ways, Yes, we are going to have half of the writers at the retreat will go to writing rooms in the morning, and half the writers that morning will go to the prayer and worship room. Oh, wow. And we record for three or three and a half hours. Okay. And then in the afternoon, they all switch. Oh, wow. And then we do the same thing the next day. So we'll record four sets like that, and it'll be legit prayer and worship time. But we'll also be rolling tape and recording songs and
0: yeah. And the yeah. purpose behind it is not only is it fun and it's gonna feel like a big sandbox and playing, which I think is the kingdom thing to do. For sure. Yeah. We're also going to be the purpose is to record songs and make songs available that the church can sing. Yes. Yeah. We're all about empowering churches, empowering creative worship teams. Yeah. But we also want the the body of Christ to be populated with new songs yeah. and songs that they can sing. So this is our target, right? This is what we're writing for. Yeah. We're writing for the church. So good. And the community. Yeah. So. so
1: good. Yeah. It's like, well, I think what we were noticing over, I don't know, the past couple of years, you guys have been watching this and it's like, we there's great songwriters in our community, mm-hmm. like so good. Yeah. Yeah. And there's great songs coming out. Our songs being written, but not every writer is an artist and not every writer has the financial means or just the resources to go and create a recording that could stand up on Spotify or wherever, YouTube, sure. much less record a video and you know, all the things. It takes a lot of resources. So we said, well, what if we could sort of pool all of our resources, not just financial, but also the people we know and the mm-hmm. partners that we can pull in. What if we pull all of this together and it becomes a community thing that we do Yeah, and we can spread the word. We can sing the songs at our churches and all these things together.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm so excited for so many pieces of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Me too. I'm curious, what are you most excited about personally? What you know, that's coming of this.
2: Oh man. The extrovert in me, cannot even handle like the people high when I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the it's that feeling of going into a room and seeing all these people that you've written with or done life with in some way or wanted to write with and haven't yet. Yeah. And in the room, and it feels like, we talk about this a lot, it feels like camp is mm-hmm, the best yeah. way I can yes. describe it. It's like, we're getting ready for this, the week ahead. We're going to journey together. It's going to be fun. It's going to be Sweaty, it's gonna be work, and we're gonna have a blast doing it. And I don't know that. Just I think actually being in the room, looking around at everybody that's there, is gonna almost feel unreal for a moment. Yeah,
0: I'm pumped. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm uh, it's gonna be a. It's never been done before, so it's gonna be a logistical challenge but i know you are are (laughs) up for it (laughs) you are up for it and i I love that you are up for it that's the best part about
2: it i just yeah because
0: i i do believe that in all seriousness i think that god wants us to to dream big Mm. and he wants us to need him
2: (laughs) and that's
0: yeah he he wants us to be dependent on him so this is going to be one of those times where without him it's it's just not going to be nearly as good. Yeah, and it's just going to be a work made by your own hands. But yeah. the fact yeah. that it's going to feel overwhelming and it's going to be a lot of work, I think, is kingdom honoring, and mm. um, and that's what I'm I'm excited to be with people, with church people, with you know godly people who all have the same purpose mm. and desire to worship Him and glorify Him and write about Him. What's not to love about it? So we're looking forward yeah. to yeah. the first in-person writing retreat. We're doing an online writing retreat next week or this week, this week. the end of this At week. The time of
1: recording, it'll yes. be this coming week. Yeah. yeah.
0: By the time this comes out, it'll be the end of February. So it will be already, we'll be finished with our online writing retreat and yeah. it'll be going towards the in-person retreat. How can people get involved? If you're a listener, if you're in the writing worship community, if, if you're a listener, you're in the writing worship community, whether you yeah. know it or not. Yeah. yeah. So how can people get involved in a future one?
1: That's right. You Well, you can get tickets for this one still. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by the end of February, we still have some <laughs> tickets left. I'm sure we will. But also we're going to do some more online retreats and we're going to do some more writing retreats at our conference in the fall. Yeah. Yep. So we actually have a lot planned for this year. It's and good. so getting involved, getting on the email list, getting involved in, on our socials, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Those are the great ways to hear about it and we'll be pumping it Yeah.
0: a yeah. lot. Yeah. And you can get involved by joining the writing club as well, yep, which right. we talk about on the podcast. So if you're a listener, you'll see, yes. yeah. our, you'll hear our bumpers, one of us talking. Yes. Yeah. About <laughs> our writing club experience. And
1: that's right. A lot of the songs came from, they come from our retreats and our writing club all throughout the year is writing mm-hmm. and can submit songs to these and is and there's so many incredible songs. We're in the process yeah. right now. We have something like 20 that we have to whittle down even more.
0: <laughs> I'm looking at them
2: right now. Yes. Yeah,
1: they're like you stole my answer about the kingdom community and yeah. people. Is that what like, you were thinking too? Oh, so many people that I love and respect and yeah. I'm like that person is so good at this and yeah. we're all friends and it's so exciting but beyond that I think the songs right sure. now I'm getting Amped. I stayed up late last night listening to them all again.
2: Oh, mm. dude, I love that. The
1: list. And then also the musicians, because oh. I got to just in the last week, locked in all the musicians and they're insane. Yeah. I cannot so. wait.
2: It's kind of like when you get to, when you get to pick your dream team in the sense yes. of like, if I were to record a record and like, who would be the writers, the producers, yep. the photographer, da, 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 and they're your friends mm-hmm. and yes. you're like, okay, so we get to do this and create together and be best friends, and do it for Jesus. What is this? Like, <laughs> yeah. what is life? Every part
1: of it. <laughs> it yeah. It's amazing. That's yes. true. And yeah. it yeah. is. It's all like, and all of us doing it together means that even when those challenges come up, it's like, well, we can actually face this because I'm not doing this alone. Yeah. You're not doing this alone. It's like, we're all yeah. in it together. Yeah. For
0: sure. So transitioning.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the writing club.
0: Speaking of the writing club. Our
1: interview today, our guest today came from an interview in writing club.
0: Yeah. So cool.
1: It was incredible. Yes, he was. I got to say,
0: I was not. I've not heard this yet. So I'm looking forward to hearing right. it. Yeah.
1: Oh, Patty May. Patrick Mayberry is a <laughs> our, <Mays>. <laughs> our guest today. And he, I've just got to say he was on. That. Was he? Oh,
0: yeah. Is he off sometimes?
1: No, I mean, oh. but he's a very funny guy. You know, Patrick is always funny. He's goofy. He's fun to be around. But boy, he I would say this. He did a deep dive sort of pastorally with us that day. Mm-hmm. That was really incredible. It blessed me. And it came from, we do breakouts every month in our writing club. So yeah. we had a crew, small crew of 10 or 12 people on that day. We talked to Patrick a while, I interviewed him, and then we all just talked for a little while and asked some questions. And boy, it was awesome.
0: What? what was the the song that he he's most known for?
1: Holy Spirit Come. It's probably oh, his biggest wow. song.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Which
1: has done really well. It he's is a
2: good song.
1: He was a, a staff writer for a good while on Centricity. I, we didn't do this in the interview, but his little brief bio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's written and read, led Worship Forever, but he was a staff writer first. And at least his a and guy tells me, at some point said, have you guys ever heard this guy sing his own songs? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of started talking to him. He eventually signed with Centricity. And they, so as a brand new artist, to have a song that did so well in the church, so well on radio, he's been touring uh, on big tours and continues to do really well, is awesome. But he's, to me, he's one of the best, He's an artist who is a writer, I love that. so he's just such a great songwriter that he then can go pull in other writers and producers that are just pulling great stuff out of him. Anyway,
0: yeah. Well, let's get into it.
1: Here we go. Patrick Mayberry,
2: welcome to the
1: show, buddy. Woo wee! How? Are you doing here's the thing you remember when we were kids and there'd be like Nickelodeon shows and there was a lightning round at the end and Mark Summers and slime and all this stuff we do lightning round no there's no slime but we do lightning round at the very very beginning
3: I love it I'm here for it
1: so I'm going to slam you with some lightning round questions don't think too hard about it and just give us your gut response hit me all right on the scale of one to ten if one was the worst day of your life, 10 was the best day of your life, how are you doing today?
3: Uh, 7.5.
1: Amazing. Where do you get the 0. 0.5 from?
3: I mean, it's not a seven and it's, it's just not quite an eight.
1: Fair enough. That's fair. Okay. What if you're on a desert island by yourself and you get three, you get the catalog of three songwriters to take with you and that's it? What would it be? Who, who are your three?
3: Tom Petty. He's going with, oh, man. what? This is not a good lightning round question.
1: And this is where everybody gets stuck. But just, you know, no one's going to hold you to it. We're not going to ask you a year from now if it's still your fate.
3: Oh, yeah. Let's take Garth. I'll take Garth. Garth Brooks. Yeah, I see that down in the in the chat. I'll take him. Okay. And give me Tom Petty. Give me Garth. And then I need like... Just the ultimate like rock and roll ballad person, but I, I don't know who I want that. I don't know if I want it to be Journey. Are you? No, I'm talking more like hair metal. Just, I mean, maybe. I mean, let me take Motley Crue with me. Let me take the whole band.
1: That's all you've got. You've got Tom Petty, Motley Crue, and Garth Brooks, and that's it.
3: Yeah, I mean, we could do some damage. <laughs>
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your favorite Christian songwriter, Patrick Mayberry's podcast episode, who listed no Christian songwriters. So, I mean,
3: I've got to be in the world, but not of it.
1: (laughs) There you go. That's amazing. All right. I've got one. This should be easier. I hope lightning round question. If you can listen to one song for the rest of your life, but it had to be one of these three songs, right? I Just Want to Fly by Sugar Ray the Parks and Rec theme song from the TV show Parks and Rec or any song by the band uh, Rammstein, German metal band?
3: I just want to fly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was fast. Are you next, a show great right, fan?
3: Next question.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. We're done with the lightning round. Wait,
3: right. we got to see. We're getting we're getting some comments in the chat and I need to just acknowledge these. Can you please? Um, you do? Yes, Garth, love it. Uh, Brooke Lidgetwood is amazing. Like, she's such a, an amazing writer. I can only imagine what a great song. And my favorite beverage is, oh man. I mean, I just, I don't know, just a good old Lime LaCroix. I've given up sodas. I've given up the sugar and the soda. I love coffee, or maybe just like a, this isn't a beverage, but you can't, This is my endorsement here. Dairy Queen Blizzards. Can we talk about them for 25 to 30 minutes? Put that on the clock.
1: This is now a Dairy Queen podcast.
3: The Dairy Queen Blizzard is hands down the greatest slash the original of all the like the candy and the ice cream mixture. You want to talk about the McDonald's McFlurry? No, thank you. You want to talk about the Sonic Blast? Get it out of here. Dairy Queen Blizzard. If you see a Dairy Queen, it's a rule in our family. Whenever we're driving, if we see a Dairy Queen, we have to stop and get a Blizzard.
1: Wow, what's your Blizzard? Do you like? Do you have
3: an M&M Blizzard?
1: Okay, that's solid.
3: M&M Blizzard. No Dairy Queens in Ireland, though, is what I'm seeing on the chat, which is a shame. I'm gonna ship one to you.
1: Ship the what do they call it? Dry ice.
3: Dry ice. That.
1: Amazing. Hey, someone mentioned Brooke. I'm curious. The other day, someone had asked me who my favorite songwriters were, and I answered similarly. I didn't have any Christian worship people in the mix, but then they're like, no, no, worship songwriters. And I had to think about it. If you were to pick, like, here's someone who's in my top two or three, who's really killing the game? Brooke's obviously amazing, but who else do you look up to?
3: Look up to, I mean, my very first ever worship Christian album I ever owned was Chris Tomlin's See the Morning. And I kind of came into the game late. I didn't grow up in in church and in worship world. I was really into music and I got taken to a conference in Atlanta when I was in college and I was exposed to Chris Tomlin and David Crowder and Matt Redman. And I remember leaving that conference and going to buy a Chris Tomlin album. And it was hands down like one of the most influential records of my life. And I have not been able to write with Chris Tomlin. I got to meet him earlier this year and I kind of got to tell him that story that his album was my first album I ever got. And someday I hope to get to write with him. But I super look up to kind of people who are are still doing like I really look up to him a lot. I look up to Matt Redman. I just think I just love the heart for the church and writing songs that are very church minded and you know I think Phil Wickham is doing an incredible job of writing songs for worship leaders guys like me who are always looking for great songs that are that are you know really usable and helpful in teaching truth and teaching scripture to our churches and so yeah there's a lot I mean there's A bajillion people I could name that I highly look up to and and respect.
1: Yeah. So well, I have a bunch of questions splintering off that. Here's one, though. Who's like a a writer that you're like, oh, people don't even know? Because I have my little like list of five or 10. I'm like, people don't even know how good this X, Y, or Z, like Andy Squires or a guy like that. But who's specifically like for the church? Is there anyone that you're like, man, this writer is amazing. And even if they're not super well known,
3: there's a guy... Who is kind of here, a Nashville guy that I feel like is really writing some really brilliant songs, Mitch Wong, and uh, he's just a really neat, freakishly talented, gifted writer who's really doing a lot of cool stuff.
1: So good. Mitch leads at our church, and he's a special worship leader too.
3: Yeah, he really is.
1: He's a, a purity. Actually, Mitch has been around the writing worship community a lot. Oh, cool stuff with us, and he's got a purity of heart it seems and just like something about him. That's beautiful.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, dude, I, let's like, you went to your story a little bit in college and all that. So I'm curious, cause I really don't know like how you did come up and did, when you went in college, you mentioned that you went to like conference and you saw Crowder and Tomlin and all this, were you exposed to the church or Jesus at that point or not at all?
3: Sort of. So I grew up in a really small town in a really small, tiny little church of Christ. Which was a very conservative little church that kind of erred on the side of little, very legalistic. And, but all that to say there was, there was no instruments whatsoever. Like that was kind of illegal in our church. So the whole world of worship and Christian music was kind of not allowed in my world. Other music was you just couldn't mix the two. So I was super into like rock and roll and like, Really loved like the Grateful Dead was probably my favorite band and really got into a bunch of like hippie jam bands and like classic rock and stuff and really fell in love with playing guitar and singing and being in bands.
1: Um, Wait, question. Like, was that not controversial within your family or church community?
3: No, that's what's weird, dude. That was totally fine. Just as long as I didn't mix the two. Crazy weird right doesn't it's like wait what that doesn't make sense so i kind of came to really really came to know the lord like in a real authentic like making faith my own way uh kind of in later on later in high school and it was there you know i still didn't know anything really about worship but i was playing music and it it started to not add up that it's like wait a second like I'm following this God who wants me to like bring my whole life as like a holy and pleasing offering that this is my spiritual act of worship. But yet the thing that I love so much music, I can't bring him that, that doesn't make sense to me. So I really just began to dig into faith and, and more about what that meant for me. And then kind of end of high school, beginning of college, I ended up leaving that church and kind of just went searching for something else and ended up getting connected with a really amazing college ministry uh that was like, hey, you play guitar, come play worship. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. But it was super formative for me, just as I was just learning. And so I went literally from uh jamming the Grateful Dead to jamming Chris Tomlin, like in a matter of like weeks and like crazy, like I feel like the Lord used music to draw me in and that like set this like hook so deep that I, I just got obsessed with worship and, and learning more about, um, you know, I, I think leading worship in a church context, uh, is, is like very, like you have to have a gift of hospitality. Um, and, and you have to like, because you've got this group of people who you don't necessarily know where everyone's coming from. Like, Oh, that guy has been walking with the Lord for 30 years and he loves worship and he knows everything about all the hottest worship music, but he's sitting next to somebody who just walked in off the street and they're, you know, in their second divorce. And they're here because their new like girlfriend or boyfriend found this new church and they're like, Hey, you got to come with me. And they're like, Oh, I've never been to church. And I, I just got fascinated with like how to lead worship for both of those people, um, in, in creating an environment that was really hospital and even writing songs that weren't ostracizing one or the other, but trying to cast a really wide net, but also a really deep net. Uh, and I just felt like the Lord, like, it was a cool way that I felt like a lot more of my gifts rather than just writing a song or playing guitar could all merge together to create a space for um all sorts of people to to meet and experience kind of the presence of god or or be invited into a deeper step into what that could look like for themselves.
1: That's beautiful, and that's amazing, and now that you say that, I'm like, I totally hear that in your songs and your lyrics and yeah. even melodies is it something that you're cognizant of while you're writing or that you're even discussing with co-writers at times, or is it just sort of an intrinsic part? of
3: Uh, Yes, usually always. Um, And I'm, I, I'm always thinking of, you know, I, I heard someone say like, thinking about like, um, if you think about the church, or you could probably apply this to anything in life, but for this context, when you think about the church, if you think about the one thing that like irks you or drives you crazy, or that like, kind of like rubs you the wrong way about the church, that's the thing that you should like, that you're usually passionate about. Yep. And, and I think just the way I grew up in the church that I grew up in was very closed off. And it it didn't invite a lot of people who were searching uh, in and you were kind of needed to be all in or it's like, get out of here. And so I think it really gave me a heart for people that are on the fringes. And I love, you know, the, the person who's faithfully been walking with the Lord for 50 years or whatever. But I'm also super drawn to the person who's on the outside looking in being like, man, I see what they've got in there, and and I would love to I would love to belong to a place like that. But I don't know that I'd ever be accepted. And, And and that's a bigger picture of like, I would love to believe what is true about God, that he really is a loving father. He's the father to the prodigal son. He's a God who gave his son to redeem someone like me. But man, if you knew my story, there's no way that would be true. I I'm super drawn to those people. And so in always in in writing, uh, 99% of the time, I'm always thinking about how is this going to hit those people just, you know, maybe even more so than, and, you know, it's funny, like even people who have been in church forever, sometimes we, we, we just move along and we believe what we've heard, but we don't actually process it ourselves. And, you know, life is hard. Um, and even, you know, I, even like sometimes having faith is hard. Um, and I've seen the Lord do a, miraculous things in my life. And, you know, even that's like a scriptural thing. It's like you can look at yourself in the mirror and then walk away and forget what you look like. And I, I am the king of that. And so I, I just love writing songs that invite real humans to be real humans and and interact there our humanity full of emotion like psalm you know the psalms are all over the place emotionally and i just think as as the bigger church we need to just as uh, writing songs for the bigger church we just need to be we need to pay a little more attention to god created us as human beings full of emotion um knowing that he's still going to be all god but We're going to be all human, but then Jesus is kind of that, that middle ground that bridges the gap. And so just writing songs that invite us to be fully human and how that intersects with God's full divinity and how Jesus is kind of the bridge for all of that. So does that make, that's kind of a big philosophical thought, but that's kind of my driver when I'm writing songs is like, what does this actually mean to a real person? Like, and I love writing high praise songs about, you know, revelation, throne room, God is enthroned, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I, I love writing those high praise adoration songs. Um, but even in those, trying to find little ways that put our humanity in there. So it like just really like unlocks. Yeah, it, it 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 creates space for people to just be seen. And and I believe that creating those little human moments allows people to be seen, uh, not just like like it allows them to know that God sees them and God sees their doubt and their worry and their fear and their just humanity and their sadness and um sorrow and loss and grief and <laughs> all of that. So that's all I, I'm always trying to think. And I think a lot of that comes from I've been a worship pastor for the last 15 years. And I think some of the greatest gifts of being a songwriter are sitting across a table with a friend and hearing what they're walking through, or, um, you know, sitting in a small group and hearing that your, your friend just got diagnosed with leukemia or being on a worship team. Um, and, and hearing, you know, this friend and his girlfriend are are, you know, uh finding themselves in some spots they shouldn't be in. Um and 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 I feel like that's where like that community and and real relationship and being connected to a local community, a local body, that's where the that's where the magic songs come from. Those are where I believe the best Songs for the church come from. Isn't that crazy that the best songs for the church come out of the church? <laughs> I don't. I don't think they come out of a out of a writer's room in Nashville, Tennessee. I think they come out of the church.
1: So good. I think that's. I, I want to talk about that for a second, right? Because you uh, exist in this world here in Nashville, where you're you're constantly with. For what, however you want to call it, like Nashville scene writers, right? And there is very much, I mean, you and I know, like, you can go into a room and if you've written enough songs and you have, you're in a room with people who have written a lot of songs, you don't, you can do it. You can get in there and you know how to make the chorus lift and the bridge hit and all, all the things. But, uh, completely, uh, we, uh, there was a few weeks ago, I was in a write and the producer stopped us, thank God bless him, and he said, does this actually resonate for anyone? And, Everyone was like, "No, not really. <laughs> it was true, and all that, so I'm so curious, like for you, you're writing songs for the church, but you're also doing it a lot in Nashville. Your music um is both for the church and being played in churches, and it's on the radio and all of that. How do you sort of wrestle with those things that maybe pull attention for each other at times and synthesize it, or is it attention for you
3: uh, yeah, I mean." Uh, I don't wanna sound awesome, but it's not attention for me um i i I just wanna write songs that invite real people into the fact that um like God likes them, God loves them yeah. and 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 we can react to that and and that's ultimately what worship is but uh yeah, I mean whether it's. Yeah, I just want... Yeah. I mean, that's kind of... That's all I have to say about that.
1: Yeah, totally. There, well, there, there's, there's, Go ahead. Well, You have that as your North Star. And when you go in, it's, it's funny how when you write a song where you're trying to help people connect and feel something and connect mm-hmm. that to the creator, that it does connect with a lot of people. Yeah. It's almost like at, in trying to do the thing, if you don't try to do the thing, it actually works for the thing.
3: Yeah. 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 And, and, and like, you know, I mean, I definitely have like, like, oh, let's write a really fun, up tempo, wild and crazy joyful song because hopefully there'll be some playfulness in that that can unlock the way someone hears it or receives it or, oh man, I can already hear what the drummer's going to do and it's going to like help the whole room just like, oh, this feels really great. Like, I can receive these lyrics better because you know, this song, like it's got some, some joyfulness and, and we're having fun with it. And, uh, you know, I I definitely think in, in, in those, in those lanes, but I don't really, I, I try not to throttle or, or not say something in regards to, and even with worship, like, Uh, I I fully believe in writing songs that are super accessible. And, you know, that that's a big that was a big I think that was a big conversation a few years ago. And I don't know that it's necessarily as as big, but it's like, you know. Write songs that are I I, and and I'm saying all this with a grain of salt, Um, write songs that are in keys that people could actually sing if you're wanting to write songs for your church. But, you know, I think there's you can always write a song in one key. And then when you play it live on Sunday, if you really see that like, man, nobody's singing this song, you're like, well, it's super high and no one can sing it. Then you're like, okay, do I want to sound really cool singing it in a key? No one can sing it. Or do we need to drop it a few keys and then the congregation sings. And then it's dynamite. Um, but I do think there's some things that I don't want to shy away from saying or saying it this way based on like well I don't think the congregation can can go there or say that with me and I'm like well let's lead them there like and I think that's a trick with with songwriting too especially in a worship context like I believe you can you can go you can go anywhere you don't need to water down anything just lead your people really well there and if they trust you, they'll go with you. Um, and I think that's how you kind of lead someone who's been walking with the Lord for 30 years and someone who's, you know, checking out the church for the first time because they haven't been to church in 20 years. Like, that's how you do it. But that's how I believe you can go deep and wide is like giving context. And so I even think with songwriting, like, don't go too hard, too fast. Like, set it up. Like, give some context of... Um, you know, where you're trying to lead the listener and where you're trying to lead the people.
1: So good. I feel like this is a bit of a masterclass, a philosophical songwriting, worship songwriting. It's so good. Patrick, I'm curious, like, because you're still going and leading at churches sometimes, like you're, yeah. you'll go and and then of course you're, you're on tour at times and you're leading worship in those spots. So... That you you did years and years of pastoral ministry in a church, and then now you're in this position where you're going in and for the first time leading these groups of people in worship, and sometimes groups like on tour that have never been together in one place, they don't even know each other. Do you have like um, do you have any tricks or things? What do you do when you go out there, and especially if it's you and a guitar, and you need people to trust you so you guys can go together and worship? Like, what do you do to sort of build that in thirty minutes?
3: Oh man, I'm, I'm just really stupid. And, and I, I try to like, like I, I am trying. So I, I deeply believe in, in joy and in, in what I lack in talent. I just try to make up for with enthusiasm. Um, and so I'm trying to learn ways, uh, go with me here. I'm trying to learn ways to use joy. And even like comedy as like a samurai sword. And and what I mean by that is like, I don't know a lot of history on samurai swords and how they were used, but from watching The Last Samurai starring Tom Cruise, like they're super disciplined people and they learn to like wield their sword as a surgical weapon. It's insane. And I want to figure out and I do this on like Sundays if I'm leading worship at my church or if I'm, you know, like you just said, out in front of a group of people that I've never seen before. Like trying to use lightheartedness and joy and comedy as like a surgical tool to like loosen people up. Because I think when people get a little looser, like it's almost like they're a little more open to receive. and. And I, you know, I don't ever want to come off as too cool. Like, and I feel like just sometimes not taking yourself too serious lets people know like, oh, okay, like this guy, you know, he, maybe he's okay. Um, but, you know, I, I remember years ago, probably like, oh, like 12 years ago, I was at this worship conference and Matt Redman was leading and it was like a worship leaders, worship leader conference. Like you wouldn't imagine the amount of like skinny jeans and leather that were just in the room. It's just cool worship people. And everybody's kind of, you know, you can just sense they're all looking around like, oh, man, what kind of what's he got going on over there? And then Redmond comes out, leads one song, and then he ends the song and he goes, oh, man, you know, in his British accent, like, oh, this is just brilliant you guys want to hear a joke? And everybody was like, wait, what? And he told like the silliest joke. And all of a sudden the whole room went like, you could feel it in the room. The whole room went, ah, okay. Okay. We're just here to have a good time and connect with the Lord. This isn't about being cool. Like it it just broke this ice in the room that just made everyone breathe a little deeper and kind of like, be like, okay, we're just, we're just here to worship. Like there's no sense in being pretentious or being cool. And I don't know. I, I just, that blew me away. And I just am always looking for moments like that. Like, do I intentionally need to like, the best is when you mess up a lyric, like you mess up a lyric and I've gotten like, so used to messing up lyrics that I'm just like, you know, have fun with it. Like, cause all of a sudden it makes people laugh and they go like, oh, okay, we can lighten up. You're like, you know, oh man, that is not the right word. And, you know, just, if you could just be silly with it, like it just loosens people up so much.
1: It does. Funny enough, the opposite actually makes people tighter too. Like if you really get down on yourself or like negative self-talk or something during a worship set, it's like the worst. Right, it makes people really nervous. So I have an anecdote, really similar, that about this whole thing about comedy, actually, and spirituality, and and worship leading. I think is actually huge. I believe in this a lot, and you're speaking my language. When we came back from COVID, our church, I was the uh, teaching pastor at the time, and I um was really, really, really nervous because our church was super polarized, as most churches were, on the COVID thing, and so we were doing this outdoor service. And I was like. I don't know what this first sermon is gonna to have to be about, but it's gonna be needed about unity and what all this. We thought our church was gonna split, you know, all this crazy stuff. And I told the others, I said, guys, I think I'm gonna go do three minutes of stand-up comedy to start the sermon. I think we're gonna try and do it. And you know what? It was insane. The exact same thing happened. It deflated the whole thing. We poked fun at ourselves, at me, at my family, you know, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden everyone remembered we loved each other. And we, you know, all this. It is crazy. So I feel like that's the master class, Patrick Mayberry's Comedy 101, Two Minutes of Stand Up in your Worship Set.
3: Yeah. And and you know, like that's my bent, my bend, bent, bend, bend. Like, I don't know what that how to correctly say that. Um, but but that doesn't have to be everybody's story. Yeah. Uh, like no one needs to go and like prepare a stand-up comedy routine to lead worship. But I do think uh, we don't need to be afraid of of having having fun, and and it's like, man, how crazy is it that we get to like lead worship? Like, it is, and and I don't mean fun as in like some dumb like going to Chuck E. Cheese and eating pizza. I mean like a deep well of joy, fun, like like I I, I I'd like to say. My fun is, is, is it's a deep well that there's an anchor that is set down in some deep, dark ocean. And that comes from a lot of life experience and a lot of ups and downs and a lot of hard things. And it's ultimately anchored in like Jesus. And that gives me joy. And out of that joy, like that's where that fun can happen. It's not some flighty, cheap, Silly joke. Uh, And that might be some stuff that I, you know, frivolously just do. But, um, you know, I I think having fun, not taking ourselves too serious is really good for our churches. Um, Showing them that we're humans, like messing up sometimes is the best thing you can do because it lets people like see that you're not perfect. Because, man, I tell you, our worship music is sounds better than it ever has our stages look better than they ever have like it's like going to a u2 concert or a garth brooks concert like so letting people know like hey i'm a human too um whether that be having fun or messing up or you know saying something heartfelt or sharing where you are i think that's so important for our churches to know that we're just as human as they are we just somehow <laughs> the lord somehow Saw it fit to put us in front of them to lead them in songs,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which can be nerve wracking—a nerve wracking thought at times. um Patrick, I want to ask before we before we wrap. I do want to ask about something that I think is really exciting for you. I hope, and yes yeah, I think I saw you just post about it earlier today that you have new music coming.
3: Yay!
1: How are you 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 so you've been working on a record? And uh, new singles coming, but actually by the time this, this posts publicly, um, it it may be close to around that time in January that you have a new single coming, some new music. How are you feeling about it at the moment?
3: Oh man. Uh, I am, I am so excited. Um, I, I truly, um, (laughs) I am crazy enough to think that like God's going to just change the world. With these songs, like um that's probably what everybody thinks, but come on, let's go like i i, I believe in every one of these songs, and I'm so excited, like I believe there's songs that are like songs for my church, songs for you know corporate songs for people to sing that point people to more hope and deeper truth and and i I think there're songs that you know, are, are a little bit more out of like, you know, me discovering my identity as like a, as a son of, of the King of Kings as in, in their songs that, you know, are inviting, um, us to not get comfortable and, and that, a a life of faith in Jesus could get pretty gnarly. Like it's not all country club living and, you know, uh, Always just awesome and comfortable and, uh, can get pretty rugged and, and, and crazy. And so it's all over the, all over the map. And I'm really excited about it. And, and I really am just, just kind of beside myself that, um, it's like, wait, how, did, how did, how did this song come about? Like it's just crazy. And so I'm just really grateful that the Lord, the Lord has blessed me in getting to, just hear the songs like when i, I i'm just i i'm I, if if no one benefits from any of these songs uh it's fine because i feel like they've it's like changed my life and so um i feel like i you know not in a vain way but it's like i just find myself Like when I'm listening, like we're kind of going through mixes right now and making sure everything sounds good, and I just find myself like just praising the Lord because I'm like, I don't think this came out of me. Like I didn't write this. Like and obviously that's the you know the spirit through me and in in my life that God has led me through. Um, But I'm just so excited, and 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 I do pray that. People see themselves a little differently and that they see God a little differently and that it invites them into the invitation that uh, what if God is inviting them into deeper uh, places and, and knowing that, you know, he's going to walk with them every step of the way, even though it might be scary. But but then there's also just big loud party songs that are cool. So I'm super stoked.
1: You know, I love a good loud party song. You got any fast ones on this record? What? You got any fast ones on this record? Oh, you know it, buddy. Dude, you're the guy. You're the guy who can actually carry it. You and Brandon. I like them. You know, that can, like, we need song ones. Every worst leader in the world is like begging for more song ones. You're, the, you're song one guy.
3: I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, why not? Let's go.
1: Holy Spirit come. Who, who, who here has led that as an opening song? Nobody. Like, come on. I know at least a few of us. I see it pop up all the time when people are like, who knows any good upbeat songs? And that song is a great opening. Too. That's awesome. all right. Can you give us like, give us the let's pretend you're doing a commercial for like Spotify or something about your new single, which when this actually this podcast post will be right around the same time. Give us your like 30 second commercial.
3: Oh, you, do do voice? oh no, this is awful.
1: New single, uh, by Patrick Maber. No, give us like what's the n- the first single you posted about it today? I don't remember the name or anything, but it was like okay, this looks like it'll be cool. It's a Patrick song. It's probably going to be good.
3: No, I have no idea how to do a cool. Sp- I'll just tell you about it. Is that acceptable? That's not fun.
1: And do what you you just need to do. In theaters this summer. Um,
3: no, I'm so pumped about it. It's a big fast, loud, awesome song. And it has this awesome bridge that is a whole lot of words and really kind of keeps escalating. And and the way we wrote it is I I was like, I kind of had this chorus idea. The song is called Easy to Praise. And it's just a fun, like, sunny day, like, feel good, kind of an up-tempo song. Just basically, like, very joyful just like celebrating the fact that what god has done in your life like it just makes it like he just makes it easy to praise and the bridge is really fun because melodically it just kind of keeps climbing up and up and up and up and up and it's really fun and um i just can't wait for people to hear it it's going to be a slammer jammer
1: a Slammer Jammer coming to you this j- January?
3: Uh, Yeah, January. Yeah, let's go. We're almost there.
1: It's co- so coming up so close. It's like a, not even a month away. I know, uh, man. That's amazing. Well, I wonder about this. Can I fire a couple of songwriter lightning round end cap questions at you? Yes. Biggest pet peeve is in a writing room.
3: Biggest pet peeve? Oh, Lord.
1: Uh Oh man it can be yourself too like something that you do Yeah I think
3: um sometimes in the room not allowing silence sometimes sometimes and I'll even do it too but uh like you like you just keep blabbing and it's like, just hang on a second. Like, let's all just take a second. Let's think about this Um, and just giving other people space to think. And I also think one thing that's hard and I see this uh a little bit sometimes with with newer writers is not having a clear vision. And and sometimes I've found that can be fixed with just like starting with a title is maybe like, I want to write a song about God's grace. And so maybe you call it God's grace. And, and then every line, you need to drive through that title. Like, does this line, is it pushing us further towards that title? Because it's tricky when you, when you, we just like the song, just like the, you know, lines don't help each other. It's like, God's grace is awesome. I love the stars in the sky. It's like, wait, that's that doesn't make any sense at all. So I think that that's the thing, like having a clear direction. And sometimes you don't always have the clear direction and you have to figure out. But once you get it, drive in that baby. So it's like, just helps the listener. Just like there's like, you know, just keeps driving that point
1: totally it's like when it doesn't have just one it makes your emotions kind of do this sometimes and it's really hard to follow this is a tom petty thing i heard him say in an interview he said you get one idea in every song and every th- every lyric has to point to that one idea and you can't oh. have it. amen it's i mean he was he's he, he's given us the best worship writing tips he's not even a worship writer what a guy uncle petty all right one more question um What's your advice? All of us here on this call, but uh, most people listening uh, later on and all this are are writing regularly. We're doing a lot of co-writing, specifically writing for the church. What's any advice that you have for those of us that are coming up as writers? Give us your best advice, Patrick.
3: Okay. Uh, two Two points. One, there's no right way to do it. There's no rules. There's no... I've got a pen for those of you, and I'm pointing it at the camera with an angry fist. There are no rules, people. There are definitely guidelines and formulas that are helpful, but there's no right way to do it. And, and however you are and however God has wired you and gifted you, that's your strength. And your weaknesses, forget about them. Your strengths are awesome. So maybe you can't play an instrument at all, But you probably write the most beautiful thoughts, lyrics of all time. So, second point is there's no rules. The way you do it is the way you do it. Second point is find those other people that you love writing with that complement what you do. Um, For instance, like if you're killer at melodies and you can just write the most angelic, beautiful melodies, but honestly, your lyrics are awful, then that's cool. Like find a friend who thinks on the same wavelength as you, who writes the most beautiful lyrics and maybe they can't sing a lick. They don't have a melodic bone in their body. Well, you guys are a match made in heaven. And I believe that the power of like better together. I mean, that's what we're called to be as the church. So um you know for me i'm a i'm a uh a lot of people say and in, in maybe like if anybody hasn't heard this like there's some strengths like maybe you're a strong lyric writer maybe you're a strong melody person maybe you're a music person, and it's like identifying what your strength is and then finding how to get the other people in the room with you i uh enjoy writing lyrics, but I have found if I can share my ideas with someone who is a super duper in the weeds lyric person, it makes my song so much better. And I feel so much more confident about the song. It's like, Hey, I kind of want to say this and this is that. And that's that. And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Say it and tweak it like that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense. And that's going to impact the listeners so much more and drive that point. So Two thoughts, there's no rules however you're wired is perfect and don't feel like you have to be able to do it all. You don't have to be able to play piano, sing it, write the lyrics and make the demo. Like forget that. That's the enemy speaking. That is not true. Your giftings are from the Lord, so have fun using those gifts and find your people and write the most amazing songs that we're ever going to hear.
1: That's it. Write the most amazing song we're ever going to hear. Amen. There you go. No pressure.
3: None. None at all.
1: <laughs> Patrick, I wonder um as we wrap, would you just pray over us, over people who are listening, um etc. to close us out.
3: Yes. Oh man, Lord God, you are uh, just wildly, wildly, wildly better than we could ever imagine. And um, I feel like that's what's crazy about you is that just like when I think I've like turned all the stones over and I'm like, all right, got it. I got you figured out. Like I thought you were like that good. You just open up this whole new world of like, Oh, buddy, you don't even know yet. Like, I'm still going. Um, and and I, I just thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that we can keep searching and discovering and we're never going to reach the end of the depths and the heights and the width of, of who you are and your love for us and what an encouragement that is to us as just your kids, your sons and your daughters, uh, but also as songwriters. Like, we're never going to run out of ideas or songs or things or melodies or truths to say about you or to say to you. So, God, um, you know, people always in church world, they always say, you know, God is the, the owner of the cattle of a thousand hills. And we always apply that to like money. Well, I think that's true for songs, too. And we're never going to run out of songs. Um, and so anybody who's like, man, I got to write an awesome song and feeling any sort of scarcity or I'm not good enough or I'm looking at that artist or this writer or this person in my church, and they're just so talented and awesome. Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that any mindset of scarcity Or comparison would just like get the the heck out the door because it's not welcome here, because Lord, you have you have uniquely made each one of us to be image bearers of you. And you've given us gifts um, perfectly designed for us, uniquely designed for us, that you're like, man, I want to see you use that gift uh, with me and my church. And, and I want to see people come to know me more and more in new ways because of that gift getting used in the world. So Lord, I just, um, I thank you for anyone who's listening. And, and I just pray all this in the name of Jesus, Lord, that, um, people would just receive that, that these gifts come from you and you're like, man, I love it if you would use that gift to grow my church and to invite people into a deeper knowing and love of who I am and how I feel about them. Lord, it's a privilege and an honor to serve you and get to write songs that just put truth out into the world, into a a weird, broken world. We get to bring truth and light and just throw it out there. And we just pray that it blesses people. We love you. You rule, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: I hope that was as meaningful for you as it was for us. If you're a songwriter and you're resonating with any of what you heard today, we'd love to get to know you more and introduce you to some folks in our community. All of our podcast interviews and guest lectures come from either our Writing Club monthly breakouts or our annual writing worship conference. Check out the show notes to learn how to get more involved with Writing Club, our mentorship taught by our founder, Chrissy Nordoff, or stuff we talked about in today's episode. Find us on Facebook at the Writing Worship Community, on Instagram at writingworship.co, and our website, writingworship.co. We love meeting new folks and supporting songwriters, so be sure to stop in, say hello, and get to know us a little bit. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
2: The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award winning and Grammy nominated, uh, drum roll here please, <laughs> our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation. You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.